Thank you for being here with me today. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. Uh, for this week's episode, wanted to get into the MLB standings and playoff push as we head into September. Uh, the race is getting tight with the National League West, with the Dodgers and the Giants uh, in the American League. Uh, the Yankees are off to a, a pretty hot streak right now with uh, with the additions of their uh, trade deadline. Um acquisitions there so we'll get into that uh the red Sox have been kind of hanging on by a thread you know at one point they were first place in the yale um so we'll break that down as well and then the alliance with the pac-12 big 10 and acc was announced uh but not a lot of clarity there and a lot of opportunity for anyone in those leagues to opt out um and then what else um some ESPN moves, some follow-ups there, um, and then a couple TV shows I've been watching lately, and um, NFL picks. Yeah, I wanted. I, I don't think last week I did any. Um, I just did like the over/unders and stuff like that. So I wanted to go through each division and break down who I think is going to win the division, and and um, and yeah. So we'll, we'll do that. Well, let's start there, actually. So football is here, September. Um, October, those are my favorite months. Um, I love November. It feels like a shorter month because you get, uh, you get the, the holiday Thanksgiving, you know, work, people kind of just dragging ass, just, all right, let me get out of here. And I love Thanksgiving. And then December is great too. Uh, because you know, it's December. It feels like people are a little bit in a better mood. Um, it's cold. Well, where I'm at, it's raining. And then, um, you know, you have the holidays and stuff. And so this is my favorite time of the year. As soon as we get into September, it just feels better because, you know, you have um, NFL starting, college football starting, um, baseball is heading towards, you know, the end of the regular season, heading into the postseason. And then once you hit October, you have NBA starting. Um, you're right in the middle of things for college football and NFL. Um, you know, leaves are fucking changing colors. Um, you know, weather, it's cooler weather outside. It's not crazy hot, no more hundred degree weather. Um, yeah, that, those are all the reasons why I like September through December. I even like spring and stuff, but I like the, the back end of the year better than anything else. Um, and mainly cause you know, you get all the sports all together and everything else feels better. And I also can get away with wearing sweatpants just all the time. Now I have like I have like five pairs now, so I can I can pretty much wear a new pair every day, and then on the weekend wash them, and then I have then I have more, and then it's just sweatpants, 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 and then I can wear them out in public because they're like cinched on the bottom, so I have my shoes; they're not dragging. I have mastered the um, the pajamas in public look, so. Um, yeah, let's get into the NFL picks for the division winners. Uh, let's start in the NFC West. Want to start somewhere difficult. Um, you know, my last episode, I talked about the 49ers. I think they're going to win 12, 13 games. Um, you know, I think they'll win. I, it, you know, they're not the number one pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm just I'm choosing them to win the Super Bowl this year. It all falls on uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. There hasn't been a lot of uh, clarity yet on who uh, Shanahan's going to go with, either Trey Lance or, or Jimmy G. 
apparently Jimmy G has looked bad in, in the preseason, you know, but like I said last week, I don't watch any, any meaningless game, any preseason crap or anything like that. I'll, I'll watch some clips here and there, but I'm not sitting there watching the second preseason game between like the Saints and the Packers or some random game or the Jaguars and the Chargers or something. So I'm not interested in any of that. Um, so with the NFC West, you know, we just have to see with Jimmy G, Trey Lance. I think they end up they still go with Jimmy G just because you know he has familiarity with the offense, and he did take them to the Super Bowl in 2019 against the Chiefs. So and that was his last season where he was fully healthy. Their defense was fully healthy, and he was able to take them all the way to Super Bowl. And they should have won the game, but you know some some problems, some issues that they had. Um, so now they're fully healthy. You know, they added some weapons, obviously, through the draft. And um, I think they could be a lot better this year. I think a lot of people are down on Jimmy Garoppolo just because they know Trey Lance is coming in. He's going to be the new guy. But and people were just they're ready to anoint the, the new guy as the, the next quarterback, you know, the future of the 49ers for the next decade. But, um, you know, they're in a unique situation. They're trying to win now and then balance the growth of the rookie. Obviously, I think that they should they should just, you know, keep the training wheels on Trey Lance. You know, he hasn't played he played like what two games or something in the last like year and a half. He hasn't played a lot of a lot of football recently, a lot of organized football recently. So just throwing him out there in the NFL for a, a team that's Super Bowl ready, just a quarterback away basically, is kind of crazy. If you think about it, it's I think it's bad for his development. Um, I think it's bad for the team overall. Um, but a lot of players, it seems like they're kind of gravitating towards Trey Lance. And, um, you know, when you know it's the guy, you just know. And it seems like a lot of guys already know, even though they like Jimmy G. Um, but I think this year it's just going to be Jimmy G. And then after that, I think the next year after that, they're going to have Trey Lance be the starting quarterback. Um, so with that said, I, I still think 12, 13 wins is it's not far-fetched for the 49ers. Um, but the Rams, though, the Rams have, you know, two of the best defensive players in the league. And then they have a great offense, great offensive weapons. They just traded for Sony Michelle from the Patriots, who was severely underutilized there in new england so that's a good uh fantasy football target there um you could get him late too because his value is was very low there for a while um but sean mcveigh has said it before you know he's going to air it out there with matthew stafford and stafford he was lighting it up in detroit they just had a bad bad coaching staff bad front office didn't have a lot of weapons offensively you know, when they got rid of Calvin Johnson or when he retired. So they didn't have a lot going on there. Had no running game. But now he's in a better system here with the Rams. I think the Rams are going to be like top three team in the NFL this season. I think Matthew Stafford, I think he can win this, uh, win the uh, MVP, him and Josh Allen. You know, if you want to go anyone outside of Patrick Mahomes, because um, let's say the Rams win. 14 games or something like that, you know, Stafford could win the MVP. 
Um, so I'm going to say the NFC West. The NFC West is going to be the best division in the league this year. Um, I will say that I think the Rams will win the division with 14 wins, 13, 14 wins. I'll have, I have the San Francisco 49ers like right there, um, 13, 12 wins. Uh, the Seahawks actually won the division last year, which, you know, and they won, I mean, did they win 12 games? They were 12 and four last year. And no one's really talking about them that much or Russell Wilson getting the MVP. You know, they had all their issues in the off season, whether he wanted to trade or not. Um, I think now, you know, we've been saying it for a while, every year, this is going to be the year they're going to let, let Russ cook, let's let Russ cook and all this crap. But now I think this is actually the year because he had flirted with demanding a trade and all that. And I think they're going to open it up for him this season. You know, last season he started off hot. He was probably in the driver's seat for the MVP. Um, and then they kind of tailed off there for a bit. Um, but I have them winning, winning 10 games this next season. Um, you know, I think it all comes down to their, their defense and their offensive line. Uh, their defense did get better. Um, you know, they did extend um, Jamal Adams there. You know, they, it took them a while to come to an agreement, but they did. Um, so they're going to be the cream of the cop uh, in the NFC, I think, those three teams. And along with uh, Tampa Bay, you know, just because they came off their Super Bowl win. And then the Cardinals... You know, the Cardinals made a lot of big moves. You know, they brought in J.J. Watt, you know, A.J. Green. I guess Larry Fitzgerald is retiring. He's technically not even signed. He's a free agent. They asked him if he was going to be a broadcaster. He said, oh, I don't really know right now. I think I'm leaning towards broadcasting. I don't know how I'm going to feel in a month or two. He's 37, 38. So um, he seems like he just doesn't have it right now. He's not really into it. And I think that's why they brought A.J. Green in. Um, this all falls on Kyler Murray, as I've said in the past, um, teams seem to have adjusted to him and they, you know, the Cardinals offense didn't really adjust back, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury and, uh, and Murray there. So, and then them also being in a very tough division, I think it's going to be competitive this year, but they, they didn't really take a step to being better i think they seem to kind of plateaued you know they got the big names but you know where are those guys at right now in their careers um and the 49ers seahawks and rams are just head and shoulders better than the cardinals right now at this point so i have the cardinals going fourth um nfc south you'd have the saints um you know it seems like the saints are going towards Jameis as opposed to uh Taysom hill but the interesting with that thing with that is that Taysom he can he can do a lot of things. You know, you can line him up in the slot. He he he's a kick returner, whatever he does, punt returns. He does everything, but he's not like great at a single thing. He's not like a great passer or a great quarterback. He's a great athlete, I guess. You know, because he could do all these different things, but he's not the greatest receiver or anything. And Jameis, it's hard for me to believe that Jameis Winston's gonna throw another 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns again um, under Sean Payton, you know, that offense. And I feel like Sean Payton has been working with them a lot. And 
you know, he got to play under uh, Drew Brees for a bit there, learn from him. And, you know, he even talked about how much of an impact uh, Brees had for him in his career. Um, so I feel like they're going to go with Jameis because he's, he's a quarterback. And Taysom is like a weird gadget guy. He's like a souped-up Tim Tebow where he can, you know, but he could pass. And I don't know. I just – I'm not buying into that hype. Um, I think the Saints are going to – they're going to win more games than people think. Uh, I need to look up what their over-under is because – okay, I have their over-under here as nine – uh, they have a pretty tough schedule. You know, they're easy. I think winnable games are the Jets. Uh, you got the Giants. Uh, the Patriots, probably. But I think the Patriots are going to be a lot better than people think. Uh, two Panthers games, they could probably split that. You know, I could see them winning nine, maybe ten if they, you know, if they upset the, the Bucks once. Or the Falcons twice, they could win those. Yeah, I could, I could see the Saints winning uh, ten games or so, um, but I don't see them winning the division. You know, I have the the Buccaneers winning that division. So the Bucks, they ended up winning eleven games last season, finished eleven and five. Uh, this year, they're basically bringing back the same team. They brought back all the starters. Um, you know, they have, they still have Gronk and, um, Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. They, they brought everyone back, even the Domkin Sioux, uh, their schedule, you know, they have a pretty winnable schedule here. You know, they start off with the Cowboys. No one knows where Dak's at, if he's going to even play week, uh, week one, uh, that's September 9th. Uh, they're at 12 games. Um, then they play the Falcons, and then it gets tough there. They play the Rams, uh, Patriots, Dolphins, Eagles. Yeah, I, I think um, they're definitely win the division, probably win 14 games there, uh, maybe 13. Um, and then, I mean, pretty easy. You know, last year it took them time to adjust there uh, with everyone, all the new additions, and Tom Brady learning a new system. Um, you know, they definitely – started off slow i think but then after a while um you know later in the season it just started picking up picking up pace and stuff and um everything just started working well together for them i have the falcons finishing third um they have a lot of changes there they brought in mike davis i guess mike davis is going to be the starting running back there for them brought him in from carolina um so that could be a good pick fantasy wise you can probably definitely get him deep um then then they have uh, Cordell Patterson they added, Tajay Sharp, you know, just small additions here and there. You know, with the loss of Julio Jones, they still have uh, Russell Gage, uh, Calvin Ridley. You know, they just added uh, Kyle Pitts in the draft. Um, and then, you know, still have Matt Ryan, and their win-loss total is at set at 7.5 for their over-under. Uh, they play the Bills, Niners, the Bucks twice. Uh, they pay, play the Saints twice. Washington's going to be better this year. Uh, they have to play the Jets in London. Those games are just a mess when you have to go all the way to London, even if you're playing a bad team. Um, and then, let's see. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough schedule that they have there, I think. Um, they start off, you know, the first five games are, are – 
are not bad. You know, they start off with the Eagles. Uh, the Buccaneers will be tough. They could beat the Giants. I think Washington will be a tough game for them. Um, you know, they could beat the Jets in London, but you, you just have to go all the way out there. Um, so, I mean, they could they could start off pretty hot there. They could start off, you know, 4-1 and one right there or 3-2. and two. You know, so they could go off to a good start. Uh, so I have them third in the NFC South. Um, and then finishing last, the Carolina Panthers. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to be competitive, though. I think um, they they have uh, Sam Darnold now, and I think he's a better option for them than Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Darnold isn't a bad quarterback. He was just, you know, part of a, a terrible organization. And, um, you know, they they didn't know – what to do there had no offensive structure at all um you know but they did lose curtis samuel he went to washington um they lost mike davis uh to atlanta and then they did have christian mccaffrey was out all all year last season pretty much he played a couple games he's back fully healthy looks good um so they're over under is set at 7.5 you know i i think I had them at the under. Uh, they were 5 and 11 last year. You know, they start off their first 5 games are pretty easy as well. You know, they they have the Jets, they could beat the Jets, they have the Saints, probably lose that one. Then Texans, Cowboys and Eagles. You know, they can they can start off, you know, pretty decently there as well. Um the, the Cowboys are a big uh, big question mark there cuz we don't know we don't know what's going on with Dak's shoulder. They're trying to keep things uh, tight-lipped there, saying that he's going to be dealing with these injuries all season long, and and they don't really know. Um, he's got multiple MRIs. You know, he's feeling like a soreness or whatever. Um, I'm sorry if you hear papers flipping. Um, I'm I have this little this betting notebook or workbook that I got sent to me in the mail, and it has all the teams. Uh, additions and their schedules and all that stuff so i'm just flipping through and going through uh each division so sorry for the extra uh, background noise so the cowboys should win the division you know they finished six and ten last year they have a great group of offensive weapons you know they have uh, amari cooper they have gallup cd lamb you know ezekiel elliott so it all comes down to dak prescott you know dak prescott needs to be healthy we need to make sure that, you know, if he's healthy the entire season, is able to bounce back from his injury from last year and then his current injury, whatever's going on. You know, a lot of news hasn't really been around that. They've been trying to keep it a secret, which to me that means that um, it's more serious than they want people to know. Um, so with that, I'm, I'm worried, but I don't have any more information than that. Um, they said that he should be ready for week one. So I'm going to go off what they say, even though I don't think it's true. Um, so with that, I do think that they'll win the division still if Dak is, is healthy and playing all the games. Um, you know, their over-under was at 9. I think I had them over there, over that number. Um, they have a, a tough first two games, though. They play the Buccaneers, and then they play the Chargers. Um, they should win the next three after that, you know, with the Eagles, Panthers, and Giants. Um, so... I mean, they should start easily four and one, or you know, three and two if uh, if the Chargers are looking good this year. Um, but yeah, that that's all all based on um, on Dak being there. And then second, I really think that the um, 
the Washington Redskins are going to be a lot better this year than last year. You know, last year they went to the playoffs. They were seven and nine, and you know we saw that they were very close to uh, to advancing. You know, I think it all just came down to their offense. You know, they Alex Smith was great leader, didn't turn the ball over. You know, but they need someone who's going to air it out, take deep throws and stuff, and and take some chances. Um, they're going to have the best defense in the NFL next year. Um, and then Ron Rivera, I think he's just a good coach, a great coach. They always find a way to win. Um, you know, they did lose a, a lot of guys there on the um, from last year's team. They did make some additions. You know, they did add uh, Lamar Miller. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be their quarterback now. Um, they added Curtis Samuel, like I said earlier, Adam Humphreys. Um, you know, they did have a good draft added to some uh, to their defense and to their offensive line. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be good this year. I think, um, you know, they do have a tough schedule, though. So, you know, they it, all this competitiveness with the, the Washington football team, I don't think they're, you know, they, they're probably not going to make the playoffs or if they do not advance far. But all these games are going to be close. You know, I think they're going to be able to – hold opposing offenses to, you know, 17, 14 points. They'll be good in that area. I think their their big question mark is offensively with their quarterback. If if Ryan Fitzpatrick is able to get them over the hump and, and close out games for him, he showed that he was able to do that in uh, in Miami. So so who knows? But their, their schedule looks tough, though. Um, you know, they play the Bills. You know, they have the Seahawks in there. Um you know, they play the Cowboys twice. They have the Buccaneers. Uh, they play the Chiefs, the Packers. Yeah, that's a tough uh, That's a tough schedule there. And then they play the Seahawks. And, yeah, that doesn't look good for them. Um, and then I think the Giants will finish third. They finished 6-10 last year. You know, they had Saquon Barkley out, I think, pretty much all year last year. Um, so, you know, Joe Judge, I think this is his second season as head coach. You know, they lost Golden Tate, uh, Devontae Freeman. I don't know where he is now, but they lost him. And then, uh, let's see, they had, they added, uh, Chloe Clement from the Eagles, um, Kenny Galladay from, uh, Detroit, who, he's good. I really like him a lot. I think he's going to be good in that offense. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, remember him from... He was with Buffalo when he started out. Well, he just uh, he converted to a tight end now, um, so he doesn't have to worry about managing his weight. Uh, they added Kyle Rudolph, so they have some weapons offensively. Um, you know, I think it. I think this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones. He has to prove that he can get this team over the hump. He can get this team, you know, to ten and seven, and he needs to show consistency and show that he's actually improving year after year. And he hasn't shown that yet. Um, I think, I think um, Saquon Barkley is going to have a good year. You know, he looks like he's fully healthy, and you know that that's good for for the Giants because I think the whole offense is going to flow through Saquon. Okay, so moving to the NFC North, uh, Green Bay Packers finished thirteen three last season. We know all the drama that happened with Aaron Rodgers this off season. You know, facilitated some trades and um, you know pretty much. Brought back, you know, guys that he wanted to play with. Brought back, uh, uh, what's his name? He went to Kentucky. 
Uh, it was with the Texans. Um, he wears number 18. Randall Cobb. Got it. Randall Cobb. Okay, brought back Randall Cobb. Um, you know, seems like, make it seem like it's his final year here. Um, I think they guaranteed him that after this season, they'll trade him to any team that he wants. And I think that team is going to be Denver. Um, but yeah, I have, I have them still winning the division. You know, they're the best, uh, team in that division. They can easily beat the other teams in there. So they could finish six and zero, maybe five and one in the division alone. Um, they start off, you know, first five games, uh, Saints, Lions, uh, 49ers and Steelers. That's a tough back to back. And then, uh, then the Bengals. Uh, but yeah, I have them winning that. And then second place. Have the Minnesota Vikings, you know, Vikings, they finished seven and nine last year. Um, I expect Kirk Cousins to miss some time because of his, uh, his refusal to get the COVID vaccine. If you have a million dollar job, you're making millions of dollars. You know, you have this contract, you have guaranteed money. You made it, you're in the NFL. You finally did it. And then imagine just not wanting to get a vaccine during a, a fucking pandemic when, like, what's the number of, of people that have died now? It's easily, I don't know what the total is, but hundreds of thousands of people in the United States, at least, have died. And you still don't want to get your vaccine. And you say, if I die, I die. You have children and you have a family, you have a wife. Like, if you die, okay. If you die, you die. Okay, that's that's your decision that you're making. It's a stupid one because, like, I don't know if... If your job is making it harder for you to to do things, you know, with your organization or whatever, and you're trying to play, uh, and it, you know it's making it hard because you're not getting a vaccine, you're getting paid a lot. You're gonna risk your high-paying job because you don't want to get a fucking vaccine. Like, okay, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if I'm making a lot of money and they're like, oh, you should get the vaccine because it's gonna make your job easier, and you know we we won't have a problem, or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, let me you know what, I'm, I'm hanging on, you know, I'm still here, and, you know, they draft a quarterback behind me, but I, I'm still a starter, make sure that you're the starter by getting your vaccine, same with Cam Newton, Cam Newton's uh, career is hanging by a thread, like, dude, like, he had, he barely got signed by the Patriots, you know, when he was a free agent for so long, he was posting these stupid workout videos, I like Cam Newton, but this was, this was just dumb, Posting his cryptic messages. Oh, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm shirtless. I look great still. And uh, he finally got signed by the Patriots. Had a rough year last year because of COVID. And then this year, there was like a misunderstanding or something. And now he's out for five days. If you're Cam Newton and you're like, you you just signed another year, uh, one-year contract. And you know no other team in the NFL like wanted to sign you or had any interest in signing you. And... You're not going to get the vaccine still, and then you went to go get a certain tests, and they said it's a misunderstanding. Now you're away from the team for five days, and they drafted. You know that they drafted the, a, a first-round quarterback in Mac Jones, which they never do, and they did it this year because they know that your time is up soon, and they need a replacement. So now you're giving Mac Jones the 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 opening right there to take over your job, even though they said that it's your job. But now you're doing stupid shit like that. Just get your vaccine to protect your job where like you might not even be back next season. They might just give it to Mac Jones. So just get your fucking vaccine, protect your job that you have and don't let yourself lose that job 
because of your refusal to get the vaccine. That just seems stupid to me. Does that not seem stupid to anybody else? Or am I the only one that thinks that that's stupid? That's fucking stupid. Back to the Vikings. So if Kirk Cousins has to lose, has to uh, miss out on some games, that's on him. We don't know what the fuck he's going to do. Um, you know, he says one thing and then, I don't know, he, he has certain beliefs about that, which are dumb. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this is a, this is a playoff team. You know, they have some, they have some great weapons there. You know, they've shown that they can go deep in the playoffs. Um, honestly, I think it's all on Kirk Cousins and he's just a real finicky guy and there's always something going on with him. Um, but I think they'll be good for second place. Um, I think, you know, they'll probably be one postseason team in this division, and that's the Packers. Uh, third place team will be the Bears. They finished 8-8 eight and eight last season. Andy Dalton thinks he's a first-string quarterback. He's promised to be for a string. Justin Fields, uh, a lot of people have been, been cheering him on and hoping that he's going to be uh, the, named the starter. I still think that they should just throw Andy Dalton in there. You know, ride it out until Aaron Rodgers is gone. That's my plan. I, that's what I would do. And I would just, you know, build up Justin Fields, make sure that he's understanding the playbook. He's perfect. He's, you know, building a connection with guys. You know, he's building his locker room presence, whatever. And, you know, he's studying. He's learning everything. And then next year, when Aaron Rodgers is traded to the AFC, then you could throw out your new quarterback there, Justin Fields, and then... You know what? All the other quarterbacks there, like Justin uh, Jordan Love, he's probably not the guy in Green Bay. You don't have to worry about what's happening in Minnesota or Detroit. And you could probably win the division after that. Once Aaron Rodgers is gone, the division is yours, Justin Fields. But I think for the Bears, they have to take this slowly. They haven't had a quarterback like this before. You know, they whiffed on, on Trubisky. It should have been... Mahomes or anyone else literally um I think that was the same draft Deshaun Watson was taken in so I think they just got to take it slow um they'll finish third um you know they have a they have a de they have a, some winnable games to begin with you know they have the Bengals there the Lions are in there and the Raiders uh but they also have the Browns and the Rams uh but yeah just take it slow with um with Justin Fields and just let Andy Dalton ride it out and you know because i mean Andy Dalton's not the long-term plan everyone knows that but he just he's got to get a contract when he could get one uh detroit you know they brought in jared goff uh traded him uh traded matthew stafford for him um you know they, they lost a lot of guys there they you know they lost their wide receivers pretty much all their wide receivers there uh brought in uh darren fells tyrell williams uh Perriman, javon williams uh, but I think this Lions team is going to be bad. Um, you know, they have a new coach, uh, Dan Campbell, that it, he's just like overly intense, like meathead as a coach. Um, no finesse, nothing there. I don't know. I just, um, I did like their first round pick though, Panay Sewell out of Oregon offensive lineman. I think he's going to be a pro bowler for, and in the NFL for 10, 12 years. Um, and I think I thought that was a good pick for them at that at that spot at number seven. You got to build offensive line, defensive line, build out. Um, but yeah, I have them finishing fourth in that league or that league, that division. And then let's move on to the AFC West. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They finished fourteen and two last year. Went to the Super Bowl. 
they have all their guys still, so I think they're gonna do the same thing. Go fourteen and two. I don't know if they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. Um, that's everyone's pick. I want to do another pick. I want to, you know, do something else. People are picking, but not everyone's picking. I'm gonna pick the uh, Buffalo Bills to come out of the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I want something different. You know, the Chiefs can go every year. You know, basically the the year that they didn't go recently was uh, when uh, Tom Brady was still in New England, uh, but they did. Uh, the Chiefs did. They you know, made some additions there for their offensive line. Mitchell Schwartz, uh, they lost him, Eric Fisher. But then they brought uh, Joe Tooney in, uh, Kyle Long, Orlando Brown. They got him uh, from Baltimore in a trade. Uh, Mike Remmers. So they were just working on that offensive line, rebuilding that because, you know, in the Super Bowl, that was their biggest flaw was their offensive line. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had no time in the pocket, constantly getting hit and sacked and uh, they even drafted some uh some offensive line help as well <clears throat> uh but they have a they have a pretty tough start to the schedule uh their first five games you got the browns ravens chargers uh they'll probably beat the chargers and the eagles and then the fifth game they play the bills and then they play actually they got a pretty tough start there uh, after that is washington and then the titans i just said washington's gonna have a good defense they'll beat washington though obviously uh, Tennessee's better. Um, but yeah, I think they'll still finish with a great record. Um, second place in that division. Um, I think I, let's see. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, finished seven and nine last year. They do have a whole new coaching staff. Um, they lost Hunter Henry. Um, you know, they lost Trey Turner. Um, you know, they, they did draft some help, defensive help there. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. was in the second round. Rashawn Slater, offensive line, uh, was in the first round. So, you know, they added some offensive and defensive help there. Um, it all comes down to um, Justin Herbert there, though. You know, he had a great rookie campaign for the Chargers. Um, you know, he was explosive, and I got to see what – the the new coaching staff has in store for them um you know the first game is against washington and then dallas and the chiefs and the raiders and then the browns um yeah so they, they got to get off to a hot start though you know they he was just airing it out last season and then they um they couldn't win they lost a lot of close games to begin with so maybe they'll they're they'll be better this year you know winning some close games but you know, last year was just like, it was a running joke that, hey, oh, they lost another close game to a fumble in the end zone. They just had a bunch of stupid plays that they just like, they weren't disciplined for, or didn't didn't really understand or something. I don't know. Uh, next are the Raiders. Uh, they were 8-8 eight and eight last season. <clears throat> you know, they added uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, Theo Riddick, Zay Jones, John Brown, Willie Sneed. Um, you know, so they added a lot of guys. Um, you know, they lost Rodney Hudson. Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown. Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, they're kind of in, they're just in limbo. You know, they, you either want to be great, you know, going d deep in the playoffs and stuff, or you want to be bad so you could draft a new quarterback, you know, a new offensive lineman. You want to get, like, a top five draft pick. But they're just kind of in limbo. You know, they were 8-8 eight and eight last season. I don't expect 
much of a jump, if any jump, this year. You know, they could finish nine and eight, eight and nine, just kind of around there. So I have them finishing third. Uh, finishing fourth, I have the Denver Broncos. Uh, they actually just named Teddy Bridgewater as the starting quarterback this season. Um, you know, they got to get rid of uh, Drew Locke. He's just not the guy. You know, they bring in Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, and he, he and you can't beat him out. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is good, but he's more like more like an Alex Smith. He's not going to air it out. He's going to make smart decisions, not turn over the ball. Um, but I think this team. They have the talent. They have a lot of talent there. Uh, they did lose Phil Lindsay, who I couldn't remember his name last episode. He's in Houston now. Um, but they still have a lot of uh, weapons there. I like their, their receiver group that they have. Um, I think this year they're just waiting it out until they could get Aaron Rodgers. I think there's like a secret agreement there already in place. You know, they finished 5-11 and last year. Probably around the same amount of wins uh, this year. Uh, AFC South. I have uh, the Tennessee Titans. They're going to finish in first place. They were 11-5 last season. Um, you know, we all know the big trade that they um, that they pulled off to add uh, Julio Jones. Um, they did. They didn't bring back uh, Corey Davis or uh, Adam Humphreys. Well, they didn't need to. Um, you know, they have a lot of uh, a lot of depth there. With uh, different offensive weapons, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, as I mentioned, A.J. Brown, you know, their issue was uh, their defense last year. You know, they um, they were a little middling. They weren't, you know, like top five, top ten or anything. They were the back half of everything else uh, stats-wise. Um, offensively, they ranked, I think, like top five in almost everything. Point score, they were fourth. Uh, total yards per play, a fifth. You know, everything was was uh, was top five. You know, the worst thing that they were at was, uh, I think, passing yards per game was like 23rd. But Ryan Tannehill, I think he's the guy for them. You know, um, I think he's good enough to get the job done. They did flirt with Tom Brady when he was a free agent. Um, you know, I, I'm sure in the future, if they don't go deep in the playoffs, they'll flirt with someone else because I think it all comes down to Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, if he's able to, you know, capitalize on how he's played the last couple of years, you know, doesn't turn the ball over, you know, when he needs to, he can get moving with his legs. You know, he can, he can go for a deep run for 20, 30 yards easy. Um, you know, he's accurate. Um, I like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill a lot. Um, I think this team is a sleeper for the Super Bowl. Um, but if they're, if they're, their defense could be a top 10 defense this year. Um, then they're going to be a problem for everyone else. Uh, so I have them in first place in the AFC South. Second place, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. They finished 11-5 last season. That was with Phillip Rivers, who went to retire and have 20 more kids. Um, so this season now, they have Carson Wentz. He's back practicing. Seems like he might play week one. Um, you know, they, they brought back T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack. Um, they did bring in Eric Fisher. Um, <clears throat> they did lose Anthony Costanzo, Costanzo, I wanted to say Costanza, um, for Seinfeld, but that's not, that is not George Costanza, but Carson Wentz has to stay healthy, because they, this team is good, they have great running backs, uh, you know, I think they have, um, they have some, some talent there with the receivers, their defense has been good, like, they, they can go deep in the playoffs, but, 
it seems like Carson Wentz, anytime their team is playing well or, or you know, they're getting hot, he breaks something or tears something, and he's out for six games, eight games. Like, I, I just – I don't think he's going to play a full 17. Um, you know, if he plays 12 games, 13 games, is that enough for them to, to you know, to, to win the division or, you know, win all those games and make the playoffs? I don't know. You know, um, he has to – I think he has to play at least uh, at least thirteen, maybe fourteen games for them to do that. Because who's their who are their backups? I think they they don't have Jacoby Brissett anymore. They did just draft uh, Sam Ellinger, and I want to say uh, Jacob Eason, the quarterback from Washington. I think that's their other backup. And I don't think though neither of those guys are ready. Uh, so it has to be Carson Wentz, and he needs to be able to play as many games as possible. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be third. They won one game last season, but now they have Trevor Lawrence, um, new head coach, Urban Meyer. Uh, they cut Tim Tebow. Uh, they brought in Marvin Jones though, which I really like. Uh, he's a veteran receiver. He could get open and, um, he's a good receiver. You know, I think he's gonna, he's going to be, be good with, um, uh, with Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's, he's a good deep threat there. Um, brought in Carlos Hyde. Uh, who else they have? Um, Philip Dorsett. You know, so they did. Oh, they lost uh, D. Westbrook. Where's D. Westbrook at now? Hmm. Okay, well, I'll have to find out. Um, but yeah, I think um, you know they could only go up from here. You know, I think they can maybe win five games or something. They could beat the beat the Broncos, beat the Texans twice. That's three wins right there. Uh, let's see who else. The Jets. That's four. Um, boom, who else? The Bengals, maybe. I hope that's Sunday. I'll watch that one. Bengals and uh, Jaguars. Two bad teams, but two quarterbacks I want to watch, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. That's a good matchup. So, yeah, I think they they could win four, maybe five if they beat Cincinnati. And then last place here uh, is obvious, Houston Texans. Um, I wonder what their over-under is because then you can bet you know whoever their quarterback's going to be. I think their quarterback is Tyrod Taylor, if I'm if I'm correct. There, I'm not sure. So I was about 55 minutes into my podcast yesterday, and then my laptop crashed and uh, deleted a good portion of the the back end of this podcast. So um, I guess where we were, I just did the the AFC South. Um, and then, so I was going on to the AFC East. I was talking for a long time and then the, my computer was frozen for like 15 minutes and I didn't even realize it. And then, uh, then I tried to go back and then it, it just crashed. So, um, here we are the second day of this podcast, trying to finish up what I started yesterday. Okay. So the AFC East first place, I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they finished 13, three last season. Uh, Josh Allen, I think he's going to have a great year, a better year this year than last year. Um, I think he can win the MVP. I think Stafford. And then obviously, you know, the Tom Brady and and Mahomes storyline is still there. Uh, But, you know, I feel like voters might want something different. Um, So, you know, actually the Bills, I have them coming out of the AFC. You know, you can't go wrong picking Tampa out of the NFC and then uh, Kansas City out of the AFC. I just want something different, something to go uh, Buffalo out of the AFC, and then we go with the 49ers in the NFC since they're fully healthy. 
Last time they were fully healthy, uh, they went to the Super Bowl and played uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So for the Buffalo Bills, you know, they they have a, a good defense, solid defense. You know, they've made some additions offensively, brought in uh, Matt Breida, brought in Emmanuel Sanders. So, um, so small pieces, but, you know, those guys can contribute for the team. Um, you know, they start off, you know, they have a, a, a pretty tough schedule in the beginning, actually. They start off with the Steelers. Then they play the Dolphins, uh, Washington football team, and then they have an easy win against the Texans. And then they play uh, the Chiefs and then the Texans again. So those are their first six games. Um, I think they'll win probably about the same amount as last year, uh, 13, maybe 12 games. Um, and then second place in that division, I do have uh, the Patriots. I have the Patriots. Um, doing a lot better than people expect, uh, better than seven and nine. You know, they got most of their players back. Most of the guys who opted out last season, they got most of them back uh, this year. And then they also added Hunter Henry. Uh, they also added, <clears throat> I want to say, uh, who was it? Uh, Aguilar from, um, he was with the Raiders uh, last season. So, you know, they do have, um, more guys that they can they can play around with. Bill Belichick, you know, last year they had no one on defense and they still won seven games. Um, and then Cam Newton was terrible last season. Couldn't couldn't throw a, a pass deeper than 15 yards, it seemed like. And he was inaccurate and he just, just wasn't the same guy. You know, he had some games where he played well. You know, he had some, some running plays and a couple touchdowns here and there, but um, just didn't look good. I think they're going to start with Cam Newton. And then eventually go to Mac Jones, and if Mac Jones is ready, Bill Belichick is just going to put him out there. And um, if uh, Bill feels like he's ready, then you know I think they'll win some games. I think they could probably get get nine games. They'll finish nine and eight. Uh, third place, I think it's going to be Miami. I'm just not as big of a believer in Tua um, as other people might be. You know, last season they had to bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to close games out. For them, you know, they're they're down like, oh, you know, we got to put in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then they would put Fitz in, and he'd have like two, three touchdowns in a quarter, come back, win a game for him. And uh, Tua struggled, you know, a lot last year. I haven't heard anything really or seen any uh, clips of him at all in uh, spring training or not spring training, um, training camp and preseason. I haven't really heard anything. Um, you know, they did add Jacoby Brissett, so I think that's more of an insurance for uh, Tua. And then if the Dolphins are able to get Deshaun Watson, which I think that's kind of their their goal, depending on that situation, how that plays out. Um, but if they do get Deshaun Watson, this team could go to the Super Bowl. You know, they finished 10-6 last season. They needed to win that last game of the year to be able to advance to the playoffs. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was injured, so he couldn't play and save them. And Tua just couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it, and uh, they weren't able to capitalize. But they have a good team, you know, good defense. They they need a solid running back, you know, consistent running back. Um, but I think it all comes down to um, Tua, and if he's able to take that next step. They did add Jalen Waddell, the sixth pick, and, you know, that could be a good pick. For uh, fantasy purposes, you know, I, I, I expect him to do a lot for him. You know, he could he could probably gonna get some special plays out of the backfield. He's gonna, I think he's gonna be their kick returner and punt returner too, so you could get extra points that way. Um, I think he's gonna get a lot of targets. Uh, they're gonna try to get him uh, going early, 
And then fourth place, it's going to be the New York Jets. You know, they're 2-14. and 14. You know, they had to completely remake uh, the coaching staff. You know, they brought in Robert Sala. Had to completely redo the roster as well. Drafted Zach Wilson, uh, second overall. Um, they put together a, a pretty good uh, offensive line, trying to build uh, from the inside out. Because, you know, Sam Darnold was just running for his life most of the time. They had no receivers to throw to everyone was injured had no offensive line he was just getting beat up out there seeing ghosts as he put it uh, so now this team they have you know added some pieces here and there but you know they're still they're still a few years away i think from competing at all um you know their first four games they play the panthers patriots broncos and titans i think uh they can maybe beat the panthers maybe not um so i, I don't expect a lot for them from them um, but you know, just give it some time. You know, you got a good coach there, Robert Sala. He was a great defensive coordinator for uh, the 49ers and, uh, we'll see what Zach Wilson has. Um, and then moving on. So those are my, my, uh, division winners and, and who I have, uh, playing in the Super Bowl. And then after that, I have, uh, some other news here, uh, yesterday or, uh, Monday now, I guess, uh, I saw that. ESPN was making some programming changes. Um, you know, they had first take. There was a there was some news about Max Kellerman being moved from first take and and going back to radio. And now Stephen A is looking for a a new a new co-host. And I saw today that they were talking about bringing in Magic Johnson. It's like, do you guys remember when Magic Johnson was on TV trying to talk about sports and how bad he was? He's He's not good on TV. He was on Countdown for a while uh, with Michael Wilbon. I like Michael Wilbon, but when him and Magic Johnson were on there, it was just a snooze fest. I'd just fall asleep during the pregame show and the halftime show. So I hope they don't do that. Uh, they were also talking about bringing in Michael Irvin or uh, Keyshawn Johnson, um, Jay Williams maybe too. I hope they don't bring in Jay Williams. I don't think he's that good on TV also. And he openly lied on Twitter and then said he got hacked. So... Um, I don't know, a lot of changes at ESPN. I know their ratings have been down for um, like the last few months or so. They've been worse than usual, I think. Um, I don't have the numbers on that. but um, And then other news, too, with the whole Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor thing. Um, you know, I talked about it when that happened was that um, ESPN needs to know, needs to handle it right away. They need to either give Maria Taylor the raise that she was asking for, extend her contract, or, you know, f fire Rachel Nichols or do something, um, they just mishandled the situation. Just, they handled it poorly. It just blew up in their face. Uh, Maria Taylor ended up going to NBC Sports. She went straight to Tokyo after the NBA Finals and covered the Olympics. And then they held on to uh, Rachel Nichols, but they just announced yesterday that uh, they canceled the jump and they took her off all future NBA programming, and she's still under contract for a year, so she's still going to get paid and stuff, but um, she's going to be out of, of the out of the network and um, not going to do any TV or anything. And, you know, they had Malika Andrews kind of filling in for her on the jump, and she did a good job. So I expect ESPN to try to put, you know, Malika Andrews in like a hosting spot for another um, NBA TV show on ESPN. You know, she did really good. Uh, she did a great job, you know, filling in for Rachel Nichols. So um, I look forward to that. But 
they lost they lost two reporters essentially when this situation could have been handled appropriately they could have uh, you know suspended Rachel Nichols when she said those comments in 2020 when they were in the bubble they could have uh, acted on it then but they didn't and then they fired the who was it the producer or something and then they held on to that information because it wasn't leaked yet and then it got leaked and they're like oh we got to do something but it was already a year later that it finally got leaked when but ESPN people already knew about it so they already lost in the beginning and then they could have fixed their wrongdoings there but then they didn't and then then now they lost two people and now that it's just a they it was just a, a big fuck up on their end um and what else do we have here uh MLB playoff push uh you have you have the National League West very close between the Dodgers and the Giants uh, D- Giants are playing right now beating the Mets and They've been they've been playing really well and hitting a lot of home runs. You know the addition of Chris Bryant has been great for them. Um, you know you have Posey. He's been out of the lineup for a bit uh, for a knee issue, but it was kind of more of a precaution. Uh, Brian Crawford's playing well. You have all these guys just all coming together, and even Brandon Belt. He's since he came back from the IL, he's been he's been hot. But the Dodgers have been playing really well too. They just played. Uh, the Padres last night, I think it went to 16 innings, and uh, the Padres are in, are free falling right now. I think they're only nine games above 500 or eight games above 500. They might not even make the playoffs. So I don't want to hear any Tatis for MVP talk because you know if you can't even get your team to the playoffs when you made these big offseason acquisitions and you're I think they're a game or two behind the Cincinnati Reds for the second wild card spot in the National League. So I don't think the Padres are going to make the, the playoffs, and it looks like it's just going downhill. They can't get any consistency uh, from their pitching staff. But right now the Giants are 82-44, and 44, uh, best record in baseball, first team at 80 wins. But the Dodgers are right there at 80-47. and 47. So whoever wins that division, they'll be able to rest, and the loser will have to play uh, most likely the Reds in the wild card uh, playoff, like the one-game uh, wild card. And because the Dodgers have 11 games, uh, you know, leeway, they're 11 games up on uh, the second team for the wild card spot. So that's locked in right away. But they're nine and one their last 10 games. The Giants seven and three. Uh, but the Brewers look good too. You know, not a lot of people have been talking about the Brewers, but their pitching staff has been playing well, and they're 78 and 50 right now. And then uh, the Braves have been hot. They just lost two in a row, but before that, they won eight straight games. Uh, but it looks like those are going to be the teams. The Cardinals are still in there in it, uh, four games out of the second wild card spot. Uh, you have the Phillies at 63 and 63, but you know too inconsistent. Same with the Mets. Uh, in the American League, uh, the Rays have been you know quietly having a great season, 79 48. Um, you know the Astros are still there, second place, 75 and 52. Um, you know even cheating or not, they're still uh, they still have the talent and they can they can definitely make it to the World Series, uh, White Sox are there too. Uh, the one team I'm really impressed with is uh, the New York Yankees. They've won 11 straight games, and uh, they don't look to be stopping now. They were at one point in the season before the trade deadline. I believe there were two games above 500. Um, you could you could check me if I'm correct or not. And then they traded for uh, Joey Gallo from the the Rangers. They added. Um, Anthony Rizzo, and they still have Aaron Judge. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's playing better. So they have a lot of power there uh, in New York, and now they're only four and a half games back from the Rays. 
They passed the Red Sox. Who Red Sox at one point they had the best record in the American League. It was them, and then the Giants, the National League. Uh, but now they're they're seventy two and fifty six. They're barely hanging on to that wild card spot. Uh, you have the A's that are a game and a half back from that second spot, uh, but they've lost four straight. And uh, yeah, so the Red Sox have that second spot, and the Yankees have three games um, on them. But that'd be a good matchup though: Yankees and Red Sox for wild card. Um, and then the eight, the, not the A's, the, uh, the Mariners are still in the mix, uh, two and a half games back. Uh, they've won three straight though. So they're looking pretty good outside looking in. Uh, but yeah, it's very exciting, you know, exciting time for baseball as everything kind of, uh, picks up here and, um, you know, uh, the race for the division crowns, um, are on now. And it's, uh, you know, they're going to expand the rosters this season for this month, but, this season is different. They're only doing two extra ro- roster spots instead of uh, the traditional amount. And they're going to have – you have, like, the COVID uh, taxi squad still, which has uh, two additional players. Um, so – but, you know, players in the uh, in the minor leagues, they're not going to get called up like they used to where I think it was, like, eight or ten, I want to say. It was it was, a, it was a good amount for uh, for teams. So now it's not not as much. So the uh, the rest of the college football conferences, the remaining ones after the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, the Pac-12, they decided to come to terms with an alliance. Um, they released a, a joint statement about that, said it's all about the student athletes. Uh, we all trust each other, you know. But they actually didn't sign a contract together. Um, they said that we'll just trust each other. And a, a couple of these commissioners are brand new commissioners for their conferences. Um, and I think it's more so, you know, obviously to come against the SEC and, you know, band together. And if there's any voting at all, I think this is more for, you know, when you have to vote for expansion or whatever, you know, their, their alliance, they're going to have the same votes, I assume. And then the SEC will have their only vote and then whatever happens with the big 12 will have a vote but um they'll have more votes than everyone else so they'll be able to pretty much dictate what happens with college football playoff or or whatever you know if you want to expand and whoever gets an automatic bid things like that so i thought it was a smart play in those terms um i would have liked to have like a contract signed for them but most of this i also believe that it's for uh, tv revenue um, I think they realize that uh, the SEC as a conference, they control. They're going to have a monopoly here with ESPN because they have they have all the exclusive rights to uh, broadcast their games. They get all that TV revenue. The Pac-12 has the worst uh, TV contract, the worst TV deal in all of uh, college football or college sports. Their own network doesn't even show their own games live. They show replays of old games that no one wants to watch, and you know they don't have like a real. Like, they don't have studio shows that are talking about their sports, hyping up their athletes, nothing like that. The time zone, you know, no one on the East Coast or Central time zone is watching Pac-12 After Dark. It's just, it's it's uh, it's a bad, bad uh, TV contract. SEC has a great one. They get all the marquee matchups. They, you know, um, they get all the, all the viewership there. They get the ad money. They get all that stuff. Uh, Big Ten. They're just printing money out there. They make a lot of money too, um, probably not as much as the SEC, but they're they make a lot of money for the the rest of the conferences. So, but they needed 
the ACC and the Pac-12, they all needed to come together to be able to have um, those votes. Um, I know the SEC had reached out to, I think, Michigan and then Ohio State about joining, and they declined. The Big Ten wants to – they want to stay within the Big Ten. Um, but, you know, we're not going to see any – any scheduling of games between like the Pac-12 and Big Ten and ACC, this isn't going to happen until like 2025 or 2024 or something because they have a legal obligation to keep their current scheduling, their current future scheduling in place because there's there's already contracts signed for it. So like, for instance, like uh, this year you have Oregon Pac-12 playing Ohio State, Big Ten, and I think one of the first couple uh weeks of the season and that was put in place like like five years ago already so they had already signed that contract and you know oregon state and oklahoma state they signed a home and away you know for the future you know these all get put in place a few years prior to when it actually happens so we're not actually going to see these uh, cross-conferencing scheduling happen for a few years um i saw today that um there's not a lot of interest in uh, in the Big 12 for any of these conferences, Pac-12, Big 10, or ACC, about adding any of the, the schools from the Big 12 because they think that none of them are actually standalone universities where they're going to you know generate lots of revenue for that conference and they actually might end up losing money if they added them. The only schools you could look at were Texas and Oklahoma and SEC. They poached and added the schools that can make them, make them the most money. If there was other... Uh, schools that can do that for the SEC, they would have poached them as well, but they didn't. And the Pac-12, they announced today that they're not actually going to add any of the the Big 12 schools at all. So they have this alliance here with the other conferences, but it's kind of like a loose alliance because if the SEC calls one of these schools and says, hey, why don't you just join the SEC? We'll give you this much more money than you're making right now in your current conference. Like what if they called USC or Oregon or, you know, called um, – Ohio State back said, hey, you're making this much. We can make you this much with this TV deal and this and that. And, you know, and I think without a contract signed from this, you know, new alliance, like one of them could just get poached by the SEC again, you know, one of these big schools in these conferences. And and then, you know, they can get that extra revenue right there. So I just I think they should have definitely signed something, um, you know, finishing my my previous thought, the Big 12. I saw that the only school that people were interested in was Kansas because of their historic uh, basketball program and current basketball uh, pedigree. But outside of that, people weren't interested in any other schools. Like people uh, for, that work with these conferences, they didn't want to add uh, Baylor because of you know their past issues with sexual assault um, with the football team. And I think the basketball team had some past issues. They had that player who, who shot someone, I think it was like 2001 or something killed his teammate um so there's a lot of you know how it is with baylor they just they were they're a, a, a black guy for the sport in, in a lot of ways in their university there's just a there's been a lot of uh lawsuits with the title nine and um art briles knowing about you know um the football players raping um some students at parties and stuff like that and just like the atmosphere that they created it was just a toxic um, environment there um, so I can understand why no one would want to add that school, but you know I, I imagine that you know a lot of changes have come after that. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm not on the on the, on campus, and I haven't heard anything really about it. 
Um, but that's just that's pretty shocking to me that no other school there besides Kansas is um, like viable for any of these conferences to add. I feel like um, I feel like those schools would be better than like when Pac-12 added like Utah, you know, because you get that central time zone if you add in Baylor or uh, Texas Tech, like I said, or even the TCU. I thought it was a good idea, but um, I guess they're going to stick with their alliance. And I assume the the Big 12 is probably going to disband eventually unless they add those smaller schools, but it's not going to generate enough uh, revenue for them. Um, but yeah, this alliance, they want to control the um, the expansion of the, uh, the college football playoff to 12 teams. But I also read today that um, that's in jeopardy because they had already kind of given it a green light, didn't officially vote on it. But now with this alliance that these other conferences are going to vote against the 12 team expansion, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you have trouble as it is Pac-12 specifically. They have trouble as it is getting extra teams into um, the playoffs. So why don't you just expand it? So you get more representation there. Big Ten, they always have someone. They have Ohio State. They haven't had Penn State, but Penn State was um, – they should have been there one of, in one of them. Um, and then the ACC, they have – they pretty much just have Clemson, and that's it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like you should want the 12-team playoff because that's more revenue for ev- everyone else, all the conferences and stuff. You get more revenue, more representation. Um, and then with this alliance, you get all the time zones represented. So um, that will be helpful for recruiting uh, but we won't see the the benefits of this for probably five to seven years or so once we start seeing actual games being played, as far as recruiting goes, because then that'll help with recruiting. So that won't we won't that won't come to light for a while. Um, but you know, I I don't know what else to think about it because it's still not super defined and not a lot of details about it are released yet. So I started watching uh, Nicole Kidman's new show. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, it's on Hulu. I've seen the first three episodes, and it's like um, Nicole Kidman is like this this healer, this super healer or something, and she runs like this uh, retreat for people going through depression or whatever and some, you know, trying to, um, you know, get healthier and, and take care of their mental health. And, you know, there's something like, something weird going on for sure in it, like the first three are like okay yeah all these people are here and it's kind of weird and you know you have the schedule and um but there seems to be something else there i like it so far it's um you know watching it, it all just feels like therapy because you're watching people going through therapy so it feels like you're you as a viewer are in therapy and i'm just like okay i can't i can't watch so many episodes consecutively because i'm like all right i need to i need to take a break i feel like she's talking to me when uh she's talking to these characters in there but um the cast is pretty good it has um Melissa McCarthy in it, um, Nicole Kidman, as I mentioned, and then it also has uh, Michael Shannon is in it, uh, Luke Evans, uh, who else? Uh, Regina Hall is in it, uh, Bobby Cannavale is in it, and yeah, that's like the those are the main people that are in it. But I like it so far. There's eight episodes, uh, so mini series on Hulu. And I do have to retract a statement on one of my earlier podcasts about Shit's Creek. I kind of shit on Schitt's Creek, uh, pun intended, I guess. Uh, but I, I didn't actually watch it. So uh, my girlfriend and I have been watching it a lot and we've been binging it like every night and we're 
on season six. They have six seasons, so we're almost done with it. And I, I think it's a great show. Very well done. Um, it, I thought it was more of like a, your regular like sitcomy kind of show. Um, so I wasn't very interested in it, and um, it took me a while to get into because we tried watching it a few times, but just didn't find it funny. And then now, this third or fourth time we attempted now we just yeah it's very funny and there's a lot of um a lot of layers to this uh to that show you know about just kind of acceptance and stuff and but it's good i really like it uh yeah if you haven't seen it just give it a chance because it is pretty good um it, it does get better uh but yeah so I, I may or may not make an episode uh next week uh, i might take the week off uh short week because you have Labor Day, or no, Labor Day is the week after that, so I, I'm going out of town that for that weekend, so I may or may not uh, take the the next couple weeks off as far as uh, podcasting goes, so uh, keep an eye out. But thanks for joining me for this episode, and yeah, we'll talk soon, either next week or the week after, so thanks.